Blog Talk Radio. Look at somebody and say, my Redeemer!
Welcome to another episode on this blog talk radio. This is the Fossil Stone Network. How's everybody doing tonight? This is Brother Seth, and again, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, and also, Happy New Year's, Happy Glory and New Year's if you celebrate it, and Merry Christmas if you celebrated Christ. Again, thank you for tuning in to this powerful episode, but we're going to be dealing with a mysterious, a mysterious topic, and i get into that in a little bit. Before I do, I just want to um, go a few um, what I call house cleaning issues. Again, I just want to um, welcome everybody, especially those you've been following since 2011. Lots of people since have been following since 2011. I want to really, really, really thank you for your time and your commitment to do that, as well as my bloodline family. I always forget the Douglas Douglas Kennedy line. I do want to thank you for tuning in tonight as well. Tonight, I expect to have a. Sh- well, let me just talk a little bit about tonight's show before I go any further with the house cleaning issues. Because a lot of you tuning in, and you don't really like when I say surprise topic or open form, because you don't know what you're getting. Tonight, tonight, let me just say this this is a topic that I think that a topic that for sure has changed uh, the way I see. Almost everything with regards to the scriptures. It's an event that happened when Christ offered up Himself. What exactly happened to humanity? And um, we're going to talk about that. Exactly what truly, truly happened. You know, a lot of the things, most of the things we go through is all mental, and different people are pro- pro- um, providing different scenarios and and. Um, we basically are a result of our belief system, and our belief system is influenced by mankind, and mankind is influenced by both good and evil, uh, heading up good, the most high, and heading up evil, satanic thoughts. This is what produces life. So pretty much you can say that our lives is a result of our beliefs, and our beliefs is either rooted and grounded in the scriptures or they're rooted and grounded in something else. In most cases, we're just bouncing to and fro with different philosophies of men. It's just that simple. So I learned a long time ago that the scriptures is the most solid foundation on this planet. The scriptures is what introduced some of the universal laws. Universal laws meaning laws that don't change no matter what. No matter what, these laws are always, they have always been here. This this includes science, but it's not limited to science because science is not the authority. The scriptures is. Many scientific laws bow the knee to other scientific laws. Okay? Many of you know where I'm going with that without getting too deep. So tonight we're going to talk about spiritual laws, something that, that don't change, something that happened when... The Messiah came to this earth and offered up himself how the Father sees us. You're going to hear bold statements tonight, bold scriptures talking about how the Father have done everything. Pretty much for mankind has provided everything. Healing, wealth, um, uh, peace of mind, uh, anything and everything mankind needs to live a successful life has been provided already. And this is going to be excerpts from a program done by one of the most respected Bible scholars out there, and that is the one and only Andrew Womack. 
Now, folks, I'm telling you, this teaching changed my life. It's just that simple. Because prior to the teachings of Andrew Womack, and really the teachings of the Scriptures, it's just certain people are more knowledge and errors and others. There's some things I could teach Andrew, and there's some things he taught me from just our walking this earth and experimenting and, and listening and watching. And you know everything repeats itself, and some of us are more masters of what is repeating than others. So that's pretty much what happened with the whole teaching. But anyway, you're going to hear tonight things like how the Father has provided all things and that he's really, he's given man the authority in the realm. He owns the earth. But the authority, everything happened in this realm has to do with whether or not we are acting out of the authority given to us by the Father. End of story. Wherever we're at in life, and I, and I know some of y'all, especially if you live in America, you, 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 you have your money meter out. And everything to you is based upon how much stuff you get. Well, of course we know that that don't hold water in the scriptures or in life because we're, we're not slot machines. We're, we're, we're very complicated spiritual beings with spiritual needs. We are spirits, spirits. We are spirits having a relationship with or uh, having an experience in the body. And most of our needs... Our needs are spiritual, and I'm getting right into this for a reason. Most of our needs, brothers and sisters, are spiritual. So, tonight, I thought I would bring a brother on. Uh, uh, I say a brother, he's a white gentleman. Uh, a lot of y'all need to hear from people other than people that just look like yourself. That's another one of the a small reasons why I'm bringing, why I thought to bring him, bring this title to you this way, because we need to be open up to other teachings outside of people that just look like us. But Dr. Womack, or Andrew Womack, many years ago, when I was caught up in works and didn't know it, like the Catholic Church early on, teaching works, 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 our salvation is based on works alone. I was caught up and didn't know it. I was saying Christ, 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 but I was trying to work my way to do good, to make it into heaven, not understanding that it's a gift, righteousness is a gift. Like I said earlier, the Father has given us everything uh, that we need. One scripture says it like this. You can hear a lot of scriptures tonight. You're going to hear a lot of scriptures tonight because, again, we are going through the scriptures with a microscope and bringing out scriptures. Many of you have been stumbling over for years and years, and you have never, ever had the understanding of what you're reading. And you're going to find some very, very exciting, great news tonight. I mean, there's some very realistic, solid, biblical things you have never, ever heard. We, we kind of say things, but we don't really understand the depth of it. Just like the scripture here. It says, For the Father has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, what does that mean? If somebody's giving you all things, you don't need nothing else. Exactly. The Father's given us the authority to go out and get whatever we need, he's not really in the business of doing anything as far as giving us anything because he's done it all. When he placed us in Christ, we are as worthy as Christ himself for whatever we need because our identity is hid in Christ. That's just a few of the things we're going to be talking about. And uh, some of you might be 
I, I don't know how a lot of you are taking this, so let me just say, uh, speak a little further more about this topic. Again, your brother, Brother Seth, many years ago, was trying my best to read my Bible, pray, sometimes fast, go to church, do all the things that we're required to do to be strong. And uh, But there was a lot of guilt that came along with it. Not understanding that the Father does sees me through the through the eyes of Christ or through the let me, say, let me just stick with the scriptures and say it like the scripture says. The scripture talks about when Christ, who is our life, shall return. But before it talks about him returning, it said Christ, who is our life. What does that mean? That sounds really kind of confusing. Don't it? How how can Christ be our life. As many of you just read all these scriptures, just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. No, 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 no. Understand every single word you read in the scriptures. Christ truly, 100%, is our life. We are dead. Our identity, dead meaning the way the Father used to see us under the old dispensation. Shout out to you Israelites that are caught up in that Old Testament. Of course, we or respect the Old Testament, learn from the Old Testament, and gleam, and we will try to, as the Spirit leads, uh, keep any laws, every law, and everything that the Holy Spirit is leading us to, to keep, and to do, and to say. So we surpass what the Old Testament is. As you know, a lot of those laws don't even relate to today. So when you follow the Spirit, you're going to be keeping Old Testament laws as well as New Testament, if I can use old and new, I don't like really saying it like that. It's just the scriptures. But anyway, this brother came across my path many years ago, probably around the early 80s, and just dropped this on me. And uh, again, it could have been anybody, but it was him. And uh, I remember it just giving me a brand new lease on life, understanding that righteousness is not something you can work for. You are to live right because you have been made righteous, because you've been given righteousness as a gift, and, the, and, it, and you become a very holy and powerful being. I, I said you've been given the gift of righteousness, and you've become a holy and a powerful being just based upon that gift alone. I said you've been made righteousness. It's a gift. You can't work for it. If it's, then it's not a gift. If you can work and toil for it and have to be good for it, it's not a gift. That's not what the scripture is teaching there when it talks about a gift of righteousness. If you have trouble with what I'm saying, what the, you tell me what is the gift of righteousness. It's a gift, brothers and sisters. It's a gift. So when we believe and accepted the Messiah, Christ, into our, and accepted what he taught and, and, and accepted the Father into our lives, into our hearts, following the example of Christ, that's how you say that, we're not, we're not, Christ is not the Father. We, we're, we Father looked upon humanity and saw that we needed a Savior. And Christ said, I'll go. And Christ had to follow the Father's direction as to how to salvage us. And Christ had to come having never seen a lamb slain, as the scriptures say, before the foundation of the earth. And when Christ offered up himself, the Father had to accept it. The Father, the Father, the Father is who salvaged us through 
the offering of Christ. But this offering was powerful, powerful. Folks, I'm telling you, tonight you're going to hear things I guarantee you have never heard. I don't care if you was born in church, go to church every Sunday. I guarantee you the teachings you're going to hear by the master teacher, and he is a master teacher. He's a teacher, he's a preacher. There's a lot of preachers listen to Andrew Walnut. I'm not saying I agree with everything he said. A brother's flaw, like anybody else, especially being a white male in this society, I think he's proponed to, to have some racist, racist thoughts or whatever. Uh, I just go there. I'm just being honest. I don't trust no man, black or white. We all have bought to certain lives because having to do with whatever sect we hang out with the most. So white males can't be trusted to a certain degree. So-called black men can't be trusted to a certain degree. There's certain lives we buy into, certain lives they buy into. But with regards to this topic tonight, this is, the most powerful thing I have ever heard with regards to our salvation. What happened to humanity and the earth? What happened to the Father and how he relates to man? Something happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Brothers and sisters, something happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're not the same. Something profoundly happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Something happened in regards to healing, in regards to righteousness, in regard to something called the gifts of the Spirit. We're not alone. Uh, of course, many of you should know that you've been listening to this broadcast any the time the Five Smiths on Network. You know, I teach that we, our earth is, we're not alone. There's all types of spiritual beings on this earth without bodies. We're not alone. And I've talked about how when we submit to the Father, which very few of us do, that this spirit he has sent up on the earth can take over us and do things and speak through us and use our bodies. Well, you're going to hear a lot about that tonight. Just to give you an example of what's coming your way, I have not touched the surface, brothers and sisters. I promise you, this teacher is a teacher of teachers. And... Uh, I wouldn't just say that. I don't just, especially white males, because I really, really, really don't trust this system, for real. And I, I, I like I teach, um, many of us are white supremacists. Uh, well, I mean, I know every time I say that, it probably rubs some of y'all the wrong way, because you, you're into black power, and you're down with the white man, and you don't want to hear nothing they got to say. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, because tonight you're going to hear somebody profoundly just going through the scriptures and teaching the book. It's just that simple. Got a question for you before I bring on the the moderator, the one and only brother John Clark is going to be moderating the show tonight. Also, by the way, I'm just going to name, uh, mention who's going to be on the panel. Uh, the pastor, Alcee Chris, is going to be in the house of Alethea Temple Church. Uh, 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 he, he's in the house already. And then we're going to have the apostle uh, Malachi um, from Lost Sound Israelites is going to be in the house tonight. And then Brother Dan Wallace, the uh, owner of Gospel Tracks of Wild, will be in the house tonight, as well as myself. And, of course, again, the one and only moderator, Brother John Clark. So, um, folks, I promise you, you got a lot coming your way. you got a lot coming your way. I promise you, if nothing else, this will probably be the most powerful show I have ever put out there. Now, I don't say that about every show. You know that. I mean, it really, let's just put it like this. Let me just stay, stick with uh, um, 
my testimony. Can't go wrong telling them what happened to you for sure, right? That's what we do on this program. Let me just share it like this. This teaching we're about to share tonight, and we have six audio clips of profound stuff I guarantee you have never heard about the Bible sitting on your coffee table, things that the Father did for you, to you, again, for you and to you, especially if you're in Christ or you're born again or you have accepted the Father and your Father in Christ's example. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. Remember, it's a gift of righteousness. If that's you, what this man is about to teach is profound. And just like I said earlier, we are literally products of our belief system. We are literally products of our belief system. We are literally products of our belief system. You may say, oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. We all are. What belief system are you into? Traditions of man? Traditions of your family? Traditions of black people? Or the scriptures? Wow. Anyway, if you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. Uh, and again, uh, for those of you that separate the uh, uh, New Year's, uh, Happy New Year's if you celebrate the Gregorian New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, of course, we believe that the New Year starts with the Hebrew year, but I definitely acknowledge uh, any type of, uh, if China want to say uh, last month was their New Year's, Happy New Year to them. If America want to say this is their New Year's, Happy New Year's. I wish the best for you in this new year. I really, really do. Um, uh, again, if you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. I want to just take care of a few more things, and then I want to bring on the moderator. Just, just I have to cover it about the show's topic, because many of you don't know what this mysterious, mysterious, if I could talk tonight, mysterious topic is. I have to just give you a wet your tongue just a little bit. I promise you I didn't do it no justice. You watch, just wait. Just wait a little bit. Um, if you uh, want to hear any of the old shows that we've done, I want to remind everybody to Google. You can Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. You can Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. And then the topic that we talk about, be it um, the revelation of uh, a leprosy, or be it the revelation of who the true Israelites are, or if, it's, if you want to know more about white supremacy, the way we teach it, the way I teach it, and, and uh, some of my guests have contributed. Uh, again, Google Five Swiss Song Blog Talk Radio and those topics, or you can just Google Five Swiss Song Blog Talk Radio and just go to our website. It's going to be the first thing to come up and just look at all over 440 shows now, folks. Uh, go in and just, just be blessed by teachings from not just me, but many, many people we brought on this show, or I should say many times. Uh, yeah, many people, too. I've had quite a few people on these shows. All right? Uh, and follow us, by the way. Follow us. And I'm coming to you again. If you're going to be on the show tonight, press 1. If you're going to be on the show tonight, press 1 on your phone. If you if your co-host, press 1. Um, folks, Follow our show. Follow the show. We don't ask uh, for a whole lot. Uh, we just uh, we do our thing. We put the word out there. We're not paid. Uh, we're not bought by anybody. Uh, 
and these are the these are the times you can get some of the best words from the Most High is uh, <laughs> is on shows just like this where people are not you know motivated by money, and so we we come on these shows and we uh, deny our families a lot of time quality time because we want to serve a lot of our people and. Uh, all we're saying is just follow the show. Simply that link that was sent to you via text or email. All you have to do is just click the word follow, and it's going to ask you to sign into a Facebook or um, a Twitter, and it will send a reminders to that specific address. It's not going to remember your um, uh, your, your login uh, blog talk. It's, it's a quality uh, uh, organization. They won't do that. They've never done that. I've never heard anybody having that trouble. Um, but folks, follow us. It's very important. You get reminded to send directly, directly to your um, to that uh, Facebook or Twitter. All right. So listen. Um, let me do this. Um, let's take a little short little break. Take a little short little break. Going to hear a little sun. And uh, we'll be right back. Just take a little show, a little bit. Got a little something going on my computer. It's a little slow, and I want to reboot it so so, that, so you will have no difficulty tonight. Just bear with us, folks, and check out this song. We'll be right back, folks. Yeah! Let's go!
and uh, we are thankful for it. Uh, again, if you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. If you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. Uh, those of you co-hosts in the house, we're going to press 1. We're going to go to our moderator, Brother John Clark. Just an FYI for everybody, John is not feeling well tonight. He is not feeling well tonight. I don't know if he'll stay the whole show. He really is sick, but he decided he's going to come on to the show and just kind of push through uh, what he's fighting and uh, see how far he can go. So he may not be with us long, but I want to go to him at this time, and then we're going to come to you, Pastor Chris, Brother Dan, as well as Apostle Malachi. All right? So without further ado, uh, Eric Code, Don 7-2. Hold on a second. What's good, Brother Seth? Now, oh, you already knew the number, okay? How you doing, brother? Welcome to the, uh, again, uh, we're doing our thing in 2020, the Gregorian 2020. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, listen, we had, brother, we had a three-week three hiatus. Yes, we did. Yes, we did, folks, and I needed mm-hmm. that, trust me, because a lot of y'all was into the whole holiday thing, and I'm not knocking as long as Christ was a sinner. I have no trouble with people worshiping the, 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 the Creator or His Christ. For sure, on 25th, 24th, 23rd, I mean, some Israelites may have issues with that, but I definitely, definitely, as long as it was true worship to the Most High and His Christ, have no trouble with that. And then some of you definitely uh, acknowledge the whole New Year's. In some ways, I do. I have to live in a society. Again, we believe that the Hebrew year starts a little later on in the year. Anyway, so much for that. Brother John, say hello to the people, and then I'm going to bring on the one and only Pastor Alcee, and then Brother Dan and Brother Pastor Malachi. Welcome, everybody, to 2020, another episode of Five Smooth Stones. Um, the funny thing is, I'm not going to I'm not gonna front y'all. I honestly have been sick all day, and I just had some chicken broth, and uh, it feels like I'm going to be able to keep it, keep it down. I actually feel... Right this very minute, better than I felt all day. So praise God for that. Um, so yeah, let's let's get it on and popping. Okay, all right. Going back to the phone lines quickly, brother Alcy Chris, your line is now open. How you doing, brother? I'm doing um, good. So How you doing, uh, doing Hey, great, what's brother? going on, Pastor Chris? Welcome back, hey, like, brother, uh, brother. I'm sorry, brother John. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. gonna if you if you have an opportunity, man, try to get you some oil of oregano. That works real well with a lot of infections and bronchitis and all that kind of stuff, and it's natural. Uh, good looking out. I'm gonna look into that. I just had my son grab some ginger, but I'll leave that be for now. Yeah, that'll work too. That, that'll help stomach. too. That'll help too. Perfect. Perfect. Cinnamon. Thank you so much. Okay, you were saying, brother Seth? The, yes, and go back to the phone line. Just getting it right along. Uh, Brother Dan, uh, let's try him. Error code 817. Well, let's go to Brother Patrick first, and then to go Brother Dan, because I, I, he hadn't pressed one. Again, if you're going to be on the show tonight, folks, press one. Uh, Brother Malachi, if you're available, press one. Brother Dan, uh, press one, please. Uh, so, um, just go to the phone lines and see if they're there. Okay, Apostle Malachi, you there, brother, all the way in Boyd, Texas. Okay, we have an issue with his line already. Uh, anyway, brothers, listen, again, uh, tonight, 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 the teachings, one of the teachings of Brother Dr. Andrew Womack. Um, hold on, for me, Brother Dan is now available. Let's see here. Okay, Eric Code 817484, Brother Dan Wallace, uh, Gospel Tracks, while you're on the phone line. Thank you. Uh, um, 
Brother John, you're a true trooper. Um, you stepped up to the plate. I just want to congratulate you for that. <laughs> Good looking out, man. Good looking out. I appreciate that. You you doing all right, Brother Dan? I'm doing fine, Brother John. Good, man. Um, I'd like to say um, that I look forward to the program tonight. Uh, and uh, while I'm on it, um, for your um, gospel resource needs for witness and evangelists, you can go to gospel. Tracks Wild, G O S P E L T R A C T S W O W dot com. So um, check it out, and I believe it'll help meet your needs for witness and evangelism. Thank you. No doubt. Okay, brothers. All right. Uh, uh, okay, brothers. We're back. Let's go ahead and uh, I'm back. Rather, I had to check on Pastor Malachi. He having a little trouble with his line. So let me just go ahead and start a clip number one, okay, folks? I'm dying to know what y'all would say about the, what, what, what I'm about to play here. I really want to know y'all's. Uh, uh, and be, before y'all do, let me just say this to the listeners. The one thing I like about this panel is we're very diverse. We don't, uh, we agree on most things, seem like, but there's a lot of times we don't agree. And uh, this probably will be one of the times because I promise you, the average believer I know, do not know what is about to be shared. They just, I mean, people mean well. I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus. They mean well. They, uh, uh, they read the Bible. They study. Uh, but some kind of way, because of the way it's, it's taught, the Bible's being taught, they don't see a lot of things uh, that's right there in front of them because a lot of people have trouble with guilt. And they just can't accept a gift. They just can't accept what the Father has done because of sin in our lives. That's all there is to it. They just can't accept, for instance, the gift of righteousness. People have a hard time with that because they just feel like, no, it's got to be something you work for. So all my life, I've been told 175 different ways you got to work. you got to be good for God to like you, to be blessed. I do, I do know how the Scripture talks about that if you're more uh, dedicated to the scriptures, you know, it brings a blessing all that. But what I'm talking about with regards to righteousness, it's a gift. And uh, different teachings like that we're about to get into. So, brothers, uh, the co-hosts, uh, my guests, and, 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 and those of you not a guest co-host, I'm letting y'all know, put your uh, thinking caps, your spiritual thinking caps on, because what we're about to hear is going to be revolutionary. Uh, it this truly happened on this planet this truly happened with our relationship with the Father. At least that's what Brother Seth said, and I wonder, would we'll love to know what y'all think. So is everybody ready for clip, clip number one? Yep, let's get it on. Okay, all right. Let's go ahead and do clip number one. Again, uh, this is the one on Dr. Andrew Womack. This teaching, as, I, as I'm pulling this up, literally saved my spiritual life. I would not be on this line tonight. I would not be a believer had it not been for the teaching about righteousness, because I kept saying, I kept hearing saints say, and I'll get to the clip, I'm pulling it up. I kept hearing saints say, if you love God, you ain't going to sin. If you, with the Holy Spirit came to dwell in the unclean temple. How many times y'all heard that? You've heard it, I know you've heard it, you've heard anybody's church. Holy Ghost came to dwell in the unclean temple. The scripture says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Do you keep his commandments? No. Uh, you, do you see him? No. Well, you don't love him. I've heard that. 
So I, I was wrestling, wrestling with, with my relationship, saying I'm, I'm not serious. I'm just not serious enough. I'm just not, I'm playing with this thing. Deep in my heart, knowing I love the father, but I just my actions were saying different. Not understanding is that there's two wars going on, two wars going on. What is happening in our flesh and what is happening out here? Two different worlds. So here we go, brothers. And now again, this is one and only Andrew Womack, author, teacher, master teacher. Teaches a lot of pastors, actually, a lot of pastors, mega pastors. May I add? Listen to this brother, and he is their their pastor. So. Again, this is a white brother. I know how we feel about a lot of our white brothers and sisters now. You know how I talk about white supremacy. But I can assure you the teachings is tight. The teachings is tight on this particular topic anyway. Here we go. Doubt that you'll get what you already have. Hold on. That's not the one. Here we go. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If I stay in faith, well then what is true in the spirit man will become true in the physical realm. Jesus has provided everything. We just have to know how to appropriate it in our own lives, in our heart. When Jesus says it is done, it was done for me too. And now here's Andrew. Hello and welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. I'm Andrew Womack and today I'm going to be sharing with you a teaching that I began on our program yesterday talking about you've already got it. You know, this is one of the most important things that the Lord has shown me and I'm teaching this right after a series that we did that I've entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. That's the teaching that literally just unlocked my mind and my heart so that I could start understanding the Word of God. And one of the very first applications of that truth is this right here, that God has already done everything. We aren't in the process of asking God to heal us, deliver us, prosper us, do anything. God has already done His part. And what we need to do is learn to receive. Instead of learning how to beg God to do something that He hasn't already done, what we've got to do is believe the good news that it's already done and we've got to receive. And the reason I say that this goes right along with that teaching on spirit, soul, and body, who you are in Christ, is that you can't see what God has done with your physical eyes. You can't see it in the mirror. You can't just search your emotions. It's not in the physical realm. It's in the spiritual realm that God has already done everything But we are not only a spirit, we have a physical body. And the sad fact is most people do not understand the dynamic of the spiritual man that's inside of us and the spiritual world out there. They are just limited to what they can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. They think that that's all there is to them, that that's all there is to this world. But there is an entire spiritual world out there and also one inside of us And in the spirit realm, this is what that teaching on spirit, soul, and body did. God has already given you everything that you will ever need. You don't need anything more. It's not a matter of getting God to do something. It's a matter of learning what he's already done and then you learning how to release it, how to take your authority and and command this power to flow through you. That teaching I did on spirit, soul, and body, I often used Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, 
where Paul was praying a prayer for Philemon. And he didn't pray that God would do something new, but rather he says, I pray that the communication of your faith becomes effectual, that means it begins to work, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now you can't acknowledge something that doesn't already exist. The word acknowledge just means to come to realize the reality of, the truth of. In other words, the way that Paul was praying for Philemon wasn't, oh God, touch him. Oh God, do something new in him. But rather he was saying, God, help him to recognize and acknowledge what you've already done. And the truth is, there are people watching this program today that you need to be healed in your body. You need financial blessing. You need your marriage healed, your relationships with other people healed. You may need direction and hope and on and on it goes. But all of those things, God has already done His part. You aren't waiting on God to answer your prayer. God is waiting on someone to believe what the Word of God says, that He's already done it, when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. He had done it, and now he is seated at the Father's right hand. And the people who are seeing the power of God really manifest in their lives and flow through them are people that have learned that God has done his part. He has delivered this power and authority to me. And now I reach out and I release the healing power, the delivering power, the prosperity power, the relational power that God has put on the inside of me. And you just let God flow through you. Those are the people who are walking in victory. But we've got millions and millions of Christians that believe God can do anything. They don't believe He has done anything, but they believe He could do it. And they are in the process of begging God and asking God to do something. And they don't believe that God has done anything until they can see it till they can go to a doctor and prove it, till they can go to the bank and withdraw the money. They don't believe that God has done anything. But the truth is, God's already done His part. And now we've got to believe that God has done it. He's put this power on the inside of us, and it's a matter of us releasing what God has done instead of trying to get God to do something new. That's major what I've said. I've summarized a lot of things right here that just goes diametrically opposed to a tremendous amount of religious teaching. You know, let me just illustrate this in one of the popular songs that we have today. We have a song about, I am desperate from you, for you. God, I'm lost without you. And let me make it clear. I love the music. I like the sound. I sing that song. I do change the words some because I don't, I am not desperate for God. You know, that song goes on to say, you know, you are the air I breathe. You are the, the food that I need and things like that. Well, I agree that we should be as dependent upon God as we are upon our breath. We should be as dependent upon God as we are the food that we eat. I agree with a lot of this, but that phrase, I'm desperate for you. Let me just share with you what the dictionary says about desperate. Here in, um, this is Webster's 1820-something dictionary that is closer to the King James and the words that are used there probably than what most of us are today. But here's what the word desperate means. It's got five definitions. One of them is without hope. Well, I guarantee you, I am not without hope. Now, I would be without God. 
then I'm not without God. And so I don't think that a Christian ought to be desperate without hope, just longing for the things of God. The second definition means without care of safety, rash, fearless of danger. When a person is desperate, they do desperate things. And sad to say, we shouldn't be under so much pressure that we are going to do something that is illogical and something that's irrational because we are just desperate to connect with God. That's not a good way to describe a Christian. The third uh, definition is furious. The fourth definition is hopeless, despaired of, lost beyond hope of recovery, irretrievable, irrecoverable, forlorn. And sad to say, I believe that this is how the majority of people who sing this song about I'm desperate for you, this is the way they are. They actually, because they aren't tuned into God and because they don't understand the truths that we're talking about, that God has already provided and it's a part of the atonement, whatever it is that they need, they are seeking for healing, for prosperity, for joy, for peace with this attitude of hopelessness despair. And when they sing this song, in a sense, it's giving vent to these feelings of frustration, hopelessness. It's irretrievable. It's, it's uh, irrecoverable. They're forlorn, forlorn when they're singing this song. And that's the way that the, I believe that that's typical of most Christians, that this is where they live. They live saying, oh God, I'm sick. Oh God, I'm poor. Oh God, I'm stressed out. Oh God, I'm in fear. And they are forlorn. They are hopeless, just begging God to do something. That is not a godly attitude. And I believe that that's the way most people, uh, you know, feel when they're singing that song. The fifth definition of desperate is the only way that you can use that word in a positive way. And it says, in a popular sense, great in the extreme. So if you are going to say that, oh God, I'm desperate for you. In other words, I am in love with you in, in, in the extreme. I am longing for you in the extreme. I want you more than I want anything else. Then that would be okay. But you know what? Again, I have seen many, many people that are just crying. And they're crying because they're so frustrated, because they're so hurt. And they are using desperate in the sense of, it's hopeless. God, you're, you know, you're my last resort. As if, you know, you just only turn to God when everything else fails. That's the wrong way to do it. You know, I've ministered on this so many times, and I've been frustrated trying to get people to see this paradigm shift about God has already done His part. We aren't trying to get God to do something. We're trying to renew our minds and receive what has already been provided for us. Okay, folks, and we're back. 
Sorry about that. Uh, Y'all remember I am servicing calls and checking on, trying to get our brother Malachi on the line. Brother Malachi, you can hear me, please, please, please press one. We're trying to get you on, brother. Sorry about that pause, everybody. But anyway, there was a one on the Andrew Walmack. He has not, has not touched the surface, folks. It gets deeper and deeper. He's going to say some very bold things. And I know he's rubbed some people the wrong way in what he has said, but I promise you, what do you do with scripture that say he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness? You got to do something with those scriptures, especially if you're going to be a teacher of the Bible. There's many, many scriptures that talk like the Father has already done everything. This is why I try to tell people, yes, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. He owns the furniture the, the, in, a, in terms of trees, dirt, and all of that. He owns the mountains and all of that. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. But the scripture talks about the authority in the earth. It's man's. It's man's. Even in the Old Testament, that was so. But now something happened when he placed certain ones of us in Christ. And he sees his creation born again through Christ. And he sees them righteousness. If we are righteous, wouldn't that bring certain blessings that a righteous person have? One scripture say we are the righteousness of Yah, of God, in Christ. What are you going to do with that scripture? You are the righteousness of Yah, the righteousness of God in Christ? Well, if you are as righteous as God is, wouldn't you be entitled to certain things that... Oh, my goodness. Let me go to the phone line. Okay. Brother John, uh, Clark, the moderator, your line is open. Of course, Pastor Alcy Chris, your line is now open. Brother Dan Wallace, your, now is, your line is now open. I'm going to try one more time. Pastor Malachi, are you there, brother? Pastor Malachi, are you there? Okay, I don't know what's going on there, but he probably had an emergency come up or something because he don't normally do that. But anyway, folks, uh, Brother John, it's in your hand. Um, um, go right ahead, brother. Brother John? Yeah. It's in your hand, brother. You said, oh, 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 I, I apologize. I thought you were um, requesting somebody to speak. You know, most of the things that, uh, uh, what's his name again? Seth? Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack is, is the Oh, Andrew Womack, yeah. Most of the things that he says, I agree with. I think the issue that I may have simply is when persons, um, when they take it out of context, um, such as the, you go from um, what he just stated to the name it, claim it group. Um, and to me, I think oh, that, are you that saying he's, are you saying he's naming and claiming it? Or are you, you saying when people take what no. he's saying and go to the extreme? Yeah, exactly. This, the latter. Oh, okay. Well, when people take what he's saying and go, because it sounds like you was coming down on him. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, I pretty much agree with, with everything that Andrew Womack has stated. Um, I just know that there are uh, there are people whom they take that information and they utilize it 
in my opinion, incorrectly. As a matter of fact, me and my son were talking about it today, and the example that I would give him was that when Elijah was surrounded by the Syrian army, they, they located him, and they surrounded him. And the uh, Elijah's servant, when he sees them, he's like, you know, hey, you know, we're surrounded. And then Elijah tells him, hey, Lord, open. he tells him there's more that are for us than against us. Lord, open his eyes, basically. And, I, and obviously I'm paraphrasing here. And when he opens his eyes, he sees that in the mountains surrounding the Syrian army, which also surrounds them, are the all these angels of, uh, and on horses of fire or something to that effect. All right? Chariots of fire, right. All that I'm saying, say it again. I was just saying chariots of fire, right. Right. And so all that I'm saying is that those those angels were there at that point in time. And, of course, they had a positive outcome in that given story to led them back to Jerusalem, if I'm not mistaken, and they fed them. The Syrian army never attacked them again. Well, the thing is that I think I think that oftentimes Christians, people of God who who take a hold of the message that Andrew Womack was given, they will claim that the chariots of fire are there, even though spiritually they didn't see it. The, the God opened Elijah's eyes as well as the servant's eyes. And so there are certain things that we definitely can um, we can embrace, such as you're more than a conqueror. Yes, you are. Uh, however, I think that there is a deeper, personally, I think there is a deeper understanding when that faith, when that word becomes alive and you have a situation where you need that particular word. I've heard people tell me that I was more than a conqueror and it felt like it just slapped me right off my forehead. Why? Because they were just saying a particular scripture. It wasn't it wasn't a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. They were just giving me a scripture. And so that's the only time that I have a hang up is when somebody is utilizing Christ every morning for the most part from what I understood, he would go into the wilderness and he would pray. Why? Why? He would go there and pray. And the one thing that he said is when those Pharisees told him, why are you working? Why are you doing this on the Sabbath? He said, my father works hitherto. So do I. So he's letting them know that the father was working. What was the father doing? He's giving him, he's using the same gifts that we have. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. You're going to see this particular person. At this particular time, you're going to heal these people. You're going to go here. He's giving him his instructions for the day. And again, we, it never said that, but w- w- what else could he possibly be doing? He's getting insight. He knew when certain persons were coming. He knew that the girl was going to die and he was going to go and heal the girl later. He knew that the persons, he even told the disciples that they said, who sinned? It was a blind guy. Who sinned? This man or his parents? He said, neither one. This man was blind because at that given time, it was to show forth the power of God at that time. Well, how did he know that? He had been speaking with the Father that morning. I mean, you know, so that's that's my hang-up. It's not a big hang-up. And 
to be honest, I think as people mature in Christ, um, they do less and less of that. Uh, they are no longer as carnal. And so that's my take. That's my take on that initial clip. Um, thank you all for letting me speak. I was kind of freestyling a little long. Uh, I apologize for that. And uh, 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 since you're not feeling that well, I'm going to kind of moderate a little bit, just help you out. If you want to take over, that's fine. Please. But Pastor Chris, go ahead uh, and comment on what you've heard. Never come to you, Brother Dan. Okay, thank you, sir. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Really, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, uh, Pastor Chris. I want to say this really quick to you, Jan, uh, Dan, uh, you know, Brother John. I mean, uh, well, if I can talk tonight, listen, I wanted to respond to what Brother John just said quickly, in less than 30 seconds. I do believe, Brother John, that to some people will be born blind that the Father's glory may be seen. I do think some people have a calling to, 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 to for that. But I don't think everybody blind, like the woman bowed over for all those years, he said, are not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, bowed over all these years, shouldn't she be entitled to the blessing? Her condition was completely different. And he said, the scripture, scripture says he cast off of her a spirit of infirmity. Right. So you got some people, they are bound by a spirit. All the spirit has to do is lead them, and then the element is gone. Then there are some of us, I do think, are born possibly for what you're saying, that the Father may be glorified. Or it could be like this. The earth is fallen because the earth is in a fallen state. There's all kinds of stuff getting people cancer and all of that. And Christ could just simply be saying, this person have this so y'all can see my power. Not that the Father put it on her, but she's got this so he can get off of her. In other words, just because he says, I want you to see how I'm looking at it. It's a little different. Just because, because the, script, the scripture says that the, the, the father, the thief come but to steal, kill, and destroy. And a lot of people use that teaching of when the one more, the man was blind. He said, well, who sinned? And, and he said, no one sinned. But this is, some people might see the power of God. Wherever there is sickness, you can say, it's there for people to see the power of God. In other words, it's there to be gone. It's there. It is, it's there for him to do work. But I don't know if that means that he brought it there. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm kind of rushing, trying to get the pass on. But I don't quite see the father making somebody blind or taking a little girl at seven years old or smitten somebody with, um, uh, like the woman bowed over. And then and watch this. Here's another one. Here's another one. This will help you understand better what I'm saying, and then we'll go to the pastor. This will make it clear what I was just trying to say. Every time Christ came upon people that were sick, every single time, unless they didn't believe. Outside of disbelief, the scripture says, He healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. He's here today, and the scripture says, he healed them all. He wants to heal them all. He was doing the will of the Father. Remember, he said, he said, I do nothing that I don't see the Father do. So if he is here, and if somebody's going to ask him the question, should I be healed, should I be 
process. I'm not talking about that stuff Crestle teaches where everybody be a millionaire. But it's his will that we prosper in our bodies, in our in our marriages and in everything. So his answer is yes. You can prosper in that in those areas. Well, anyway, if I may pass- say if I if I may I, I, the the point that I was trying to make, I wasn't the point that I was trying to make is how did the Messiah know? How did he know that this woman was uh, had a spirit of infirmity, or that this particular person was blind from birth, and he didn't sin, nor the parents didn't? That was really all I was focusing on. So my point is that you'll have a Christian, let's say, who they didn't have that time spent with the, with the father, and so they don't know. So they'll take a guess at it. They'll say to the person who is blind, spirit of blindness, I command you to leave. Well, it's not a spirit of blindness. This man didn't sin, neither did his parents. Or they'll say to the woman um, that this woman is this way for this reason or whatever, and, and they're praying things. So all that I'm re- the only point that I was really trying to make with, with what I was saying is that the relationship that a person has with the father is what allows them to have access to those gifts. But people, because they don't have the relationship, they're guessing at gifts. They're claiming things that wasn't fair to to claim. That's all that I was really trying to say uh, when I was giving I that commentary. You. Good point. Good point. And and notice a lot of times we we act in error, like a person saying spirit of infirmity, and it's not a spirit of infirmity. Sometimes it's not a spirit there. The person is just born. The DNA, they just don't have, they have diabetes, right. it's, it's diet, it's, you know, but there is a such thing as speaking and commanding things to be so that are not. In other words... Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what Christ, a, a lot of his example. miracles were, nobody did nothing wrong, it's just they had this since their birth. I, I, I just think that's what I mean by when we run into people like that, it's nobody's sin. They're like this, right? For us to now uh, heal them. Uh, hey Seth, the story that you tell about the young lady downtown Fort Worth, who you saw, you had the ability to discern the spirit. That's my point. You saw right. it. No one else could see it. That's right. my point. So right. there can be a person who they can be trying to cast out a spirit that doesn't exist. This person is just, you know, they hurt their leg or whatever. So that's all that I'm trying to say. You operated in a specific gift that's given to all believers, some more strongly than others. I've never in my entire life seen into the spirit realm and saw a spirit. I've never once. Well, it even wasn't so much I've seen, even I perceived it, but I, I know what you mean. And it don't happen often. I only had that happen to me about. Oh, it happens a uh, Actually, it has happened a lot, but it wasn't. Sometimes I perceived something was there. It didn't do nothing about it because I was scared or whatever. But, uh, right. Then sometimes exactly. I did do something about it. didn't tell the person. But anyway, let's go to Pastor Chris. I don't want him to think I was going to do it. We're just going on and on because we got six clips tonight, folks. But y'all sure, just know sure, this. Sure. Sorry, sorry you guys. Two, so maybe Pastor Chris and Brother Dan next time can speak the most. Uh, but go ahead, Pastor Chris. Okay, um, my my uh, take on that is, first of all, I, I believe that um, Western Christianity, most Western Christians, they are not taught spirituality. 
they are taught religion, and they are two actually two different things. The Bible is full of spiritual teachings that they don't focus on, and we example. all have. Excuse me. Can you example, example of, of that? We can follow you. Like what? something. Give us something you heard that Andrew Womack said, and you you would be like, now see that's Western that's Western Christianity. That's not the Bible. The Bible says da 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 da. Well, no, no. I'm saying it's in the Bible, but it's not taught. It's a lot of spiritual teachings. Like Yeshua said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. He's talking about spiritual things. And and a lot of times in the scriptures, like even the psalmist said, ye are God, and all of you are the children of the Most High. God's with a small g, but saying like, in other words, when you are born, God puts the spirit of life in you. The difference between a person who's dead and a person who's alive is that the spirit has left the flesh. And the spirit will go back to live with God. So we all have a piece of God in us. And the way that we get to that, that, that we attract and talk to the God is that we have to pray and meditate and fast. And we have to watch what we say. When we say negative things, our spirit is going to manifest whatever we believe and whatever we say. If we say, I'm sick, we keep saying, I am, because I am is addressing God. I am sick. That's telling your spirit in you that to make you sick. When you see That's negative powerful. things about, huh? That's powerful. Pardon me? Yeah. It's just like if, if you look at it, you know, um, we have to watch what goes into our spirit. Like, you know, we have, like, for instance, as our race, I hate to go here, but I'm just say it. You know, we see so much negative about ourselves. You know, we see when, when Pookie and Ray Ray does a crime or do something crazy, it's all on the news. But why don't they put the brother on the news that invented the cell phone? Where's the brother who came up with the binary code for computers? Because that goes into your spirit. Every time you look at the media, Oh, he did this, brother robbed, brother stole, brother murdered somebody. And that's really going into our spirit, and we have to protect that. You know, in the story of Adam and Eve, a part of that is Eve represents our spiritual part, and Adam represents our what I call the logical mind, for lack of a better word. And so our spirit does not have a director. That's why we have to watch what it said. Because remember when Satan came up to Eve and said, eat the apple, Eve repeated back exactly what God told her. Hey, don't eat that. But then Satan took it and twisted it around. But see, Adam was standing there, and he should have known, no, that's not what God said. This is a bunch of bunk. Eve, we got to go back. In other words, he didn't protect his, He didn't protect the spiritual part, and the spiritual part got corrupted by Satan, which is really what I think is happening today. That's why we see so many negative commercials negative TV shows about ourselves because they realize if it's not checked, it'll get down within your spirit and cause you to do things that God wouldn't desire you to do. And so my point is that a whole a whole lot of spiritual things in the scriptures are not taught, you know, because, you know, we forget that Yeshua was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. What was he doing? Fasting and praying, practicing the spiritual arts. Because that's exactly. how you that's how that's how you get in contact with the God spirit that's within you. And your and your and your logical mind has to protect your spirit. 
Like, you can't let, you know, like, negative things or somebody, like, you know, how many kids have been cursed because their mother or father said, boy, you ain't going to never amount to nothing. Every time you look up, boy, you ain't going to never amount to nothing. Well, you are, you, are, you are giving him a mantra of that he is never going to amount to anything. And what happens to that young man? He never amounts to anything. There, there was a study done where they had twins, and they separated them at birth. One of the twins was told that, you know, that his father was a king and he came from royal people, and the other one was told that his daddy was a no-good alcoholic. Now, what do you think happened to those two? The one who was told he was a king, he embodied that. He believed that. That became what he believed about himself. He had faith in the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm a descendant of a king, so he excelled. But what happened to the one who was told that his daddy was a no-good alcoholic? Well, he, he became an alcoholic himself because what was the mantra? What was his faith and belief in being an alcoholic? The other young man, what was his faith and belief in the fact that he had come from royalty? And so a lot of that is not really addressed in most Christian churches. The spiritual the spirit the spirit man. What 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 do you do? What do you say to your spirit? Now we know all of him, we can say the Apostles' Creed and all that stuff, but like Brother John said, it's about relationship with the Father. And that's and that's that's the spiritual art. That's the spiritual art that is really not taught in Western Christianity because faith is, is a universal principle. If 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 you have faith, it doesn't matter if you huh? Yes, sir. Do my favor because we got six clips and Brother Dan got a comment. I mean, I hear you, we hear you, and I think we agree with you. I just okay, hate to cut you off. You're doing so good. You're doing so no, good. No, it's okay, bro, because it's, 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 it's 10 after 9, and, and I don't think we're going to make it through all those clips. Well, we just got to keep, we got to try, though, because these six clips, I promise no, you, no, bro, we're no, going to go, I'm, y'all have I'm to go cool, to 10. I'm good. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm good, committed. man. I'll stop. I'm, 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 right, I'm ready I'm, to stop. You know, I'm, 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 I understand. I promise you swinging, though. You know, what you're saying is actually you're getting into the – the future clips is what I was getting, what I didn't want to say. But actually, what Brother Chris just said, you're going to hear Andrew Womack talk this long time ago. So just just remember what he just said and remember what you're about to hear. So he didn't know that, but he actually is getting into some of the things you're about to hear. But Brother Dan, go ahead quickly, and then we'll, when we come back, Brother Dan, you can talk a little bit longer out of respect for you. But I just didn't want to cut the, the pastor off. He's doing so good, but I just try to get these clips in, okay? So go ahead, Brother Dan. Well, I think when I was listening to Brother Walmack, he was saying that um, God has given us all things. Uh, what, what, what I relate to in the book of Proverbs, that it says to pursue wisdom like you pursue silver or gold. It's, it's a treasure. And um, once we get revelation of the word of God, whether it's revealed by a message or God reveals something to us while we read it and we're seeking God, God will open up our eyes. But there is a process to obtaining these things. I agree with uh, Brother John was talking about to claim it. You can't claim it, but you can walk in it as you grow and develop in God. What God has for you, you can walk in it. But you got to search the scriptures. You got to live right. You got to pray. 
You got to keep the right company. Apostle is talking about you got to hear the right things, even in a message or from the people you are being surrounded by. But concerning what um, Brother Walmack was talking about, it's like we I said some time ago, it's in a process. Some things I reveal, you catch the revelation and you act on it. Some I re- reveal to you. So we must continue walk with God, and we'll start. We will learn what God has for each and every one of us. Whether it's revealed by a message, God revealed to us, or He shows us by His Spirit, but it's for us. But not is not by the process of claiming and naming. It's by being faithful to God, and God will give you what you need. Well said. Powerful, powerful. Well, folks, let's go to um... tip number two. Telling y'all, you haven't heard but just a little fraction of what is about to come your way. Here's tip number two. Renew our minds and receive what has already been provided for us. In an effort to get this point across, I've gone to tricking people, and I've done things that get their attention. Like I remember one church that I was at in uh, West Virginia, and they had just gotten up and sung this song about, Oh, God, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. I always change the words to that, to where I say, Oh, God, I'm in love with you, and I won't live without you. Instead of saying, I can't live without you, and just amplifying a negative situation, I say, I won't live without you. I don't have to live without God because he's provided everything for me. But they had just sung this song, and I felt like people were were using the word desperate for you, I'm lost without you, in the worst sense of the word, and they were just, in a sense, singing Christian blues and amplifying their hurts and their pains. And so... They had just gotten up and talked about, man, they were begging God to come. Oh, God, we ask you to come and be with us today. They got me in a back room, and they prayed over me. Oh, God, I ask you to anoint Andrew today. I ask you to flow through Andrew. And you know what? I didn't say anything because I hear this a lot. When I go into churches, they nearly always want to get me and pray over me and ask God to come and ask God to anoint me. I don't say these things, but I think these things. I think, hey, if you don't know, if you don't think I'm anointed, and if you've got to ask God just five minutes before I go out there for God to touch me and God to anoint me and God to give me something to say, well, then why did you even ask me to come? See, this isn't how I live my life. I don't go and say, oh, God, please touch me and anoint me. When God called me to minister, he would have been unjust to call me to preach his word and not anoint me to do it. Anything that God calls you to do, you are already anointed to do it. It's not a matter of asking God to do it. It's a matter of believing that He has done it, appropriate it, and then walk in that by faith. See, when you're saying, Oh God, come and be with us today as we meet, did you know that that's got an element of doubt in it? In other words, you may not be verbalizing it this way, but you're saying that if we don't pray... And if we don't ask God, He won't be with us today. And then we pray as we leave the church. We say, oh God, go with us throughout this week and just bless us. When the Bible says 
that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. There's, there's doubt in the way that people pray. Oh, God, come, when he says, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. Oh, God, go with us this way. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me just say this. I'm saying it in love. I know I'm already rubbing people the wrong way. I'm going against religious tradition, but those are stupid prayers. Why would you ask God to go with you if he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? And you can try and whitewash this any way you want to, but you know why people pray that? It's because if they don't see it, if they don't feel it, they don't believe it exists. And so they feel like they have to petition God. When he says, I'll never leave you, my favor is upon you. Whatever you set your hand unto is blessed. And on and on I could go with promises. But people aren't believing the promises of God. They're going by what they feel. And sometimes they don't feel the presence of God. There's many times in church services that if nobody jumps a pew, if nobody screams and shouts, if nobody falls on the ground, if nobody gets healed, if not anything visible happens, then you'll hear people go out and say, well, God wasn't within a hundred miles of that place. What they're doing is expressing what they feel. What they're doing is expressing what they're thinking in their own mind. But that is not what the Word says. The Word says if we gather together in His name, He is with us. And so we don't have to say, oh God, come and be with us. He's always with us. Now, if you wanted to say this, you could say things like, Father, we know that you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You said that you would always be there when there's two or three gathered together in your name, that there's a special presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so we believe that. But Father, we don't want it to be just in the spiritual realm. We want it to come into the physical. We want your presence, your power, your revelation to affect our minds and our hearts. We want to see people's lives changed. Now see, if you pray that way, I believe that that's scriptural. But see, that's a prayer of faith, just releasing your faith and believing what God said and yielding yourself so that it can flow through you and manifest itself in the physical realm. That's okay. But to say, oh, God, come. And then if you don't see anything special happen, say, well, God wasn't within 100 miles of that place. See, that's unbelief. You don't believe that God does anything until somehow or another you petition him, you get him to do something. When you see a person's life changed, it's not when God came alive. God was alive the whole time. God was wanting to set people free. It wasn't God who wasn't giving. It was people that wasn't receiving. Let me just say this. I know that this will rub some people's religion the wrong way, but it is very popular in Christian circles for people to pray for revival. I believe in revival. We need revival. We need to see people just set on fire for God, passionate with God, putting the kingdom of God first. I am all for revival, for the effects of revival, but I disagree on the way it comes. Basically, people are saying revival comes by pleading, oh God, come and send revival. And there are, I could give you many examples of people I know that have taught people and says, we need to get hundreds of people, thousands of people. I can think of one thing that actually had over a million people that took different times during the day so that 24 hours a day, millions of people were praying and begging God for revival. 
And this has happened, I mean, decades ago, and we still haven't seen the effects of revival the way that the prayers have been going. Just praying and begging God for revival is not the way to get it. See, when you are saying, oh God, please send revival, I actually, you know, everything I'm teaching against, I have done. So please don't think that I'm sitting here criticizing other people. I'm just trying to get us to go to a different level to see things from a different way, and it has radically transformed my life. I believe it would help you too. But when I first got turned on to the Lord, I started these all-night prayer meetings. We prayed for revival. We begged God. We thought that you had to cry. You had to plead. I remember one time I was leading a prayer service, and I mean, it was late at night, probably 2, 3 in the morning. It was, you know, long after church service. This wasn't just a typical prayer. I mean, we were praying all night long. And I was praying, and I lived in Arlington, Texas at the time, and I was praying for God to pour out His Spirit. And I literally said this out of my mouth. I was praying and just saying, Oh, God, come. Oh, God, move. Oh, God, pour out Your Spirit. And I literally said this. I said, God, if you love the people in Arlington, Texas, half as much as I do, we would have revival. And as soon as I said that, man, I just... (laughs) realize, what am I saying? Am I claiming that I love the people in this town more than God does? That if God would just get as compassionate as I am, that He would pour out His Spirit? And as soon as I said that, I knew that, man, something was seriously wrong with the way I was approaching God. But this is what most people are doing. When they pray for their relatives, it's basically saying, oh God, I love this person I love them more than you love this person. Would you please? You have to beg. And if it wasn't for you begging and pleading for God to pour out His Spirit, He'd just let these people go to hell. If it wasn't for the great intercessors that begged God to do all of these things. I'm saying that that's a wrong attitude. I'm saying that God wants to pour out His Spirit and see the effects of revival more than any person who is praying for revival. God loves your loved ones more than you do. It's not even a comparison. God loves our loved ones infinitely more than any of us do. You do not have to beg God to save that person, to pour out His Spirit, to touch them. Oh, God, reveal yourself to them. You don't have to do that. God loves them more than you do. Your place in prayer, and I'm going to deal with this As we go through this series, I'll be talking about what is the proper way to pray for a person. I'm not going to do that right now, but I'm saying that the way we are doing it, where we are impugning God's character and saying, Oh God, if you love these people half as much as I did, you would move. That's wrong. God has already commended His love towards us. God wants people saved more than you and I want it. God wants revival more than you and I want revival. It is not an opportunity to beg and plead with God to move. And yet this is what most people are doing. Most people are thinking that God wouldn't do anything if it wasn't for our prayers and if it wasn't for us pleading with Him, that He's sitting in heaven with His arms folded saying, nope, you're too, you're too carnal, you're too uh, sinful, I'm not going to move until you get another 100,000 people to agree and pray And he's sitting there just, you know, with his hands folded and arms folded doing nothing. No, it's not like that. God's got his arms out 
looking throughout the whole earth and trying to find somebody who will allow him to flow through them. God is wanting to send revival. God is wanting to touch people's lives more than you or I are wanting it. It is not us begging God. It's us yielding to God and allowing Him to flow through us. It says, Um, as it pertains to that clip, 
Um, again, once uh, uh, Andrew Womack, for the most part, I agree with everything that he says, except the only thing that I would say that I question uh, is the fact that there are people who are the object of God's wrath. Um, and so when he was talking about revival, um, you know, I, I look at the Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the seven people, the seven tribes of Canaan land, definitely, you know, different. Um, it, matter of fact, even the Messiah said himself when his disciples asked, why are you talking in parables? He says, because it's meant for you to know the secrets of the kingdom. It's not meant for them to know this. Um, you know, so it's like. Um, yeah, because they wasn't in the kingdom that, yet. Say it again. They wasn't in the kingdom yet. They weren't born again. You don't, you don't. People outside of the kingdom, they're not, they can't be made privy to what the Father's doing in the kingdom. That's when they're born again first. Well, he spoke to the disciples plainly when they were outside of the earshot of those persons. So those persons, in the same way that the disciples heard it and became born again, those people could have heard it and became born again. Wouldn't you agree? No, because he spoke to lots of people, and if you're saying Christ was sitting up just talking to all the people in parables and I don't want them to understand that, I don't believe that. I think there was a patch of people probably around a certain area, and when he was talking to his disciples, he was talking in parables. But when he talked to the mass of people, I don't believe all the people. He just constantly talks in parables, and I don't want you to know what I'm saying. I don't want to know what you're saying. Then he's in the back when he's making plain to five people. That don't make sense. I think what happened was he talked to... Masses of people plainly, because a lot of them believed, and like you say, became disciples. But he probably was talking with some people in a certain area, and he was wanting to go a little deep. He probably said a lot of clear, clear things clear, but then there's some things he didn't make clear. And then when he went to the back, they say, "Well, why out there you didn't make it? You, you didn't make it clear." And back, to, and, and, and when you when you get us along, you make it clear. I think some things he was like that, but I don't think he was sitting out there. The word actually says that he did not speak to them unless it was in parables. The word actually says that. Well, I can't. I can't say. We have to revisit that. I don't. I don't. I know this much. This is what I do know. We have to just like you just brought up the scriptures. That's exactly what you do. Here's the scripture I'm going to bring up to you. The Bible says as he taught, many believed on him. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I don't get it. Whatever he was saying, people believed on him. And even watch this. Some even say he teaches with authority. So, I mean, I mean, you know, he taught boldly. I just think there was some time, maybe he was teaching plainly. I know you say, I, I don't know, John. I don't know. I ain't going to try to look like I'm going to be a I don't a, know. All I know yeah, is it's not a point Christ of contention. taught the masses. Um, yeah, it's not a point of contention in my opinion. I, um, I spoke enough already. Let's. Uh, I'll let uh, uh, Pastor... Chris and uh, uh, Brother well, Dan get some more He didn't go last time. He didn't go as long. And then we come to Pastor Chris. And Brother Dan, you can just, you know, just go ahead and take about. Everybody, take a little more about uh, uh, 
Dan, Brother Dan, let me, why don't you just go ahead and speak what's on your mind? Then, Pastor Chris, when you come on, make it about a three or four minute Let me out of respect for Brother Dan. Uh, I don't know what happened to uh, our Apostle uh, 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 Malachi. We just have to come to him maybe next week because I've been trying to respond to that brother. He didn't let me know anything. So go ahead, Brother Dan. Um, I think um, from the um, second audio, he was basically teaching people how to pray and what to say. And sometimes people are defeating themselves through their own prayers by how they're talking to God. That They're not talking in confidence from God's word or confidence in God, but from their own feelings and their emotions. And I believe that that's one of the things that Andrew Warmet was talking about, was talking about how people are praying. And if we learn how to pray with confidence in God, in confidence in who he is, that he's, he's God and he's all-powerful and he's almighty, and we acknowledge that, then we can see our prayers answer in confidence. But when you're talking from a, a point of defeat, then that brings in doubt, unbelief, and fear. And I believe that's what Andrew Womack was trying to bring out was that there, that there are there's a process that people that's not praying right need to learn how to pray so they could get more effective results. Powerful, Powerful. Thank you for being short with that. Pastor Chris, please. Pastor Chris? Hey, uh, if it's okay, I'm going to pass on this one so we can get to those other get to those others. Okay. Please. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll go on to, and get, uh, get to clip number uh, three. I uh, just want to say this, brothers and sisters, again, this brother saved my life many years ago. I, I say the Father used him because I was crying out to the Father, and I want to say this. The brother provides free tapes. I don't know no ministry. I'm not going to say no, none. There ain't none out there, but this is one brother that, said, if you don't have it to give, obviously these tapes are not free for us to make, but if you don't have money, I don't want you to be held up by, by money, let us know, and we'll send it to you for free. And that blessing is another reason. It's kind of a small thing. But anyway, here come number three. Folks, again, you can deny you don't hear this often taught in churches. Here we go. It is not us begging God. It's us yielding to God and allowing him to flow through us. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, I'll be dealing with these verses more as we go through this, but in verse 20, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, most people just put a period right there, and they say, uh, Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, period. And they will say, God is able. But no, it's according to the power that works in us. It's not God that's got his arms folded saying, I'm not going to move. No, God is like this. It's us who haven't been letting him flow through us according to the power that works in us. So instead of us petitioning God and saying, oh, God, pour out your spirit and oh, God, move. What we need to do is find out what God has already done We need to find out how he has already empowered us. We need to believe and take what is already ours, go out and start using it. You go see somebody raised from the dead. 
You start seeing blind eyes open and deaf ears open, and I'll guarantee you, you'll have all of the revival that you can handle. It's not our place to say, Oh, God, please pour out your Spirit. It's our place to say, God, show me who I am, what I have. Help me to learn how to release it, and let me be your mobile office that, man, everywhere I go... I am just seeing the sick healed. I'm seeing people transform. And you start getting that attitude that, Father, you love these people. You've put this power in me. Help me to learn how to use it and release this power. And you get that attitude. And you'll start seeing revival. You'll start seeing people's lives change. But this attitude of, oh, God, you can do anything, but you have done nothing. Would you please do something? That's not going to get it done. You've got to start realizing that you've already got it. Everything you're asking for, God has already put on the inside of you if you're a believer. And it's not a matter of you petitioning God and getting God to do something. It's a matter of you finding out what He's already done. As Philemon 1.6 says, the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, everything that's already in you. I'm out of time today, but I will be teaching on this again tomorrow, and I've got a lot to share. This is my book entitled, You've Already Got It. I've also got it in Spanish. And then we've got a study guide that is in English and a study guide in Spanish. And then I have DVDs and CDs all teaching on this same thing. Listen to our announcer as he gives you all of this information. And please call or write today. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are making a difference in lives around the world. Before hearing of Andrew Womack, Cindy Mazes underwent intense chemotherapy to overcome the diagnosis of cervical cancer. Years later, she discovered that the side effects from all the treatment would be another war altogether and decided to put the teachings of Andrew Womack into practice by speaking to her body. My body had to respond to my words again. I started to use the scriptures that I found in the Word and that I heard from the teachings of Andrew. And I started to walk in my living room just speaking them, blessing myself with them. It took me four and a half hours to do that, but I did it. Today, she is completely healed. To see Cindy's full healing journey, visit awmi.net today. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You've got well-known people on there like Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore, and it's a safe place to be. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv. Andrew's complete teaching title, You've Already Got It, is available in a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. It's also available in a book and study guide in English or Spanish. Each of these products is available for a gift of any amount. Or you can get them in the You've Already Got It package. This package includes the book, the study guide in your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $90, but you can get it today for only $60.
Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd really like to encourage you to get this teaching that I've entitled, You've Already Got It. I've got this in book form. We also have a study guide, which is the same material as the book. It's just reformatted so that you can teach other people. It's made for Sunday school, Bible studies, and things like that. And then I also have DVDs that were taken from my television teaching on this, and then CDs that were taken from a meeting. But this teaching on You've Already Got It is probably one of the most radical things that I teach. And when you get born again, He placed on the inside of you everything that you will ever need. Before you ever had the need, God had already made the supply. And that's what this teaching is all about. I've seen thousands of people set free through it. And I believe that this would really, really make a difference in your life. So check it out in book form, CDs, DVDs, or study guide. We also have this in Spanish. But please get this teaching on You've Already Got It. Andrew's book, You've Already Got It, is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. And we encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to a lot. 
all about these types of things, righteousness. He's been doing it for years and years and years. So he's heard all of the lies over the years, and that's his knack. Everybody have a knack. I'm not hating on the brother because he's white. I just listen to teachings, and I judge that. Some things I disagree with Andrew Warlock. I'm not going to listen to Andrew Warlock talking about nothing political. I'm not going to listen to Andrew Warlock talking about nothing about the black race and his struggles. I'm not going to listen to him on that because I suspect being a white man in America, he's probably, uh, I mean, if I say I'm judging him, but I'll listen to him. Let me just say it another way. I'll listen to him, but with a, with a big grain of salt, with a barrel of salt. Because a lot of evangelical white males on TV and especially they star in the Word Network, a lot of them in our country struggle with white supremacy. If black folks struggle with white supremacy, you know they do. So those of you that come fans, because I know how some of y'all think, you're going to let the, the enemy come in and steal this word because this brother's white. I'm letting you know you can't do that. Neither can you think somebody's white because they're black. you got a, a so-called black. You know how we believe in that concept on this show. So, folks, don't let the enemy steal that word that you've heard tonight. I am going to play one more clip, but I think these brothers may leave. I'm about to find out. Uh, brother, um, moderator, Brother John Cross, you have been moderating. Actually, you don't feel good, but give me your final words. If you're going to stay fine, that's, that's not a problem. But what you said about the things you've heard tonight? The clip so uh, far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I like what I like Andrew Womack and um like I stated, good ninety percent of what he says I'm in perfect alignment with. Um I would make one um uh, request, not so much as it pertains to Andrew Womack, but to you, bro Seth, as it pertains to the upcoming shows. Um considering uh the US being on the brink of war uh with Iran, I would like to get into that at some point in time. This this that type of stuff is uh, prophetic, and not necessarily next week or anything, but I think that I actually saw something on Facebook where someone was uh, saying, like, uh, like this was Ezekiel 38, and that it couldn't possibly be Ezekiel 38 because we haven't been gathered yet. And I think people need to recognize that if you don't know who Israel is, you're not going to understand. You're not going to be able to interpret these things. But with that being Absolutely. said, um, I'm going to – yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit tight for this last clip. Once the clip is over, like I said, I'll reserve my comments, and I'll probably click off at that point. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, brother. And he is right. We are going to get into that. But you know what? What's happening in Iran is going to be – they ain't going nowhere. That's going to be happening next probably three years. So we will cover that for sure. Brother LSU already hit me up talking about the same thing. So, But I just want people right. to understand – that listen to these shows because I talk about uh, teachings and, and my history and my past. This Andrew Womack is a part of my foundation. The Father, he's one of the ministers that the Father woke me up to. I don't trust Andrew Womack on some things. He said, well, brother, you up there playing the script? Listen. <laughs> Pastor Chris dropped. Hopefully called back. But I, anyway, my thing is this. This is my thing. Is the brother coming out of the word or not? I really hate Pastor Chris Drop. Hopefully he'll call me back. That does not look good. Just to be honest. <laughs> but folks, we just we always wanted to hear from black folk. And we think white folks, you know, they race, they just say that. Again, what do you struggle with? 
can you come on the line and just share what is it you do that is uh, diametrically opposing in Scripture? Can we be a fly on the wall in your house? Can you come on the show and tell everything you're doing? When you do do that, nobody's going to listen to you. They're going to be like, well, you, God is so good. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? This is my beat. This is why I can't roll with a lot of Israelites. If some ain't black, they just, they just ex- they exchanging one set of problems for another set of problems. Now you're going to get in the hate. Now you're talking about somebody, the color of somebody's skin, they can't articulate the scriptures. This is why I don't deal with a lot of them. They can't write, they can't divide the word properly. There's something happened to us, Brother John and Brother Dan, when we accepted the Father in our life and decided to follow Christ, and when we got the faith, which is a gift, to believe all of this, to, to, to believe that he comes to our life, that is. The Scripture declares certain things are new about us. We don't declare it. This brother's just saying, hey, how can you keep begging God to come when he says I'm there? You should be saying, Father, I thank you you're here. Father, I received your presence. Here's a big one. How can you even get saved in the first place? You can't see your salvation. You can't taste your salvation. How do you know you're saved? It's by faith, right? We have to accept this by faith. We have to accept the new identity by faith. We walk out into a world and we go into the market, the job market, the world market, or the business market, and we, we, we act out our faith. Well, this, this brother, and it'll come to you, Dan, all this brother's just saying is you are a new creature. When you act out in business, act out with that knowledge. And I'm talking like I got it all together. I don't. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what happened to us at the new birth. But it's time to go into the deeper teachings. If we're not going to understand, like John was just saying, we're not going to understand the Middle East because we don't have to believe God's Word. And if we don't believe God's Word, why go study the Middle East? I was going to stretch you out. Have you cussing out everybody mad at the world? Because you don't even believe God is real. You don't even believe in God's power. You don't believe that God loves you. You don't believe that God is in your life. You don't believe the Holy Spirit. You don't believe that you have the power to do nothing about it. So why go find out all these problems? That's one thing Arlene and my wife helped me out a lot. Be careful going and, 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 and trying to understand everything if you don't have the power to get it off you, to keep it off you, to not be stressed over it. Brother Dan, please. And we have a question, brother. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm so glad the pastor's back. Uh, pastor Chris, you're back? Yes, sir. My phone oh. dropped your call, but I'm back. Boy, I thought you had ran off on me. Anyway, anybody with, uh, with phone lines, the phone line is full of people. I didn't have a chance to greet you guys. And those of you on the uh, chat room, if you're um, chatting, uh, please put question marks before and after your questions. Y'all just bear with me. I'm trying to do all this at the same time, but we are going to play another clip. But then quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, God can use people, but it's got to be it's got to be in love, in the love of God. It's just you know, God would do great things, but you, it's got to be through love. Why are you doing these things? It can't be for self glory. It can't be for a show. It can't be to try to prove to other people how powerful that God is using you. 
It has to be through love. And if, it, and if we act through the love of God for the people we're praying for who are sick or we're witnessing to, then the results are going to be more effective. I'm, f- I'm finished. Oh, okay. Anything I yeah. you heard Andrew Womack say specifically? Anything you heard Andrew Womack say specifically? He talked about the Father. It's not about begging God to do something, but about asking God to, to, to help you, allow him to flow through you. But Pastor Chris kind of hit on that about the God inside of us. The scripture did say, ye are God's. That's in the Old Testament. So what do you think it is after the New Testament? Folks, I kid you not, our identity is hid in Christ. We are Christ. We have the same authority. Why do you think you can pray to a holy God? If you don't think you're righteous, those of you that's having trouble with Andrew Womack, what makes you think you can pray? That's why I had trouble with our, with our Hebrew Israelite brothers and sisters that don't believe in the New Testament, like our guest that was on not too long ago. How can you go before this holy being if you're not righteous? If you're not the righteousness of God, how can you even pray? He ain't going to hear you. You got to go through Aaron priesthood, or you got to go to Christ. So if you don't believe in Christ, how are you going to go to Aaron priesthood? See, if you really think about what we're doing, the brother makes a lot of sense. Either we are righteous. And if we are righteous, we have inherited a lot of powerful things, and we do need to just drop on them. Or all this stuff is a lie. It's just a lie. It's a lie. Either we're saved, redeemed by the blood of Christ, or there was no Christ. There was no blood. And our guest was right a couple of weeks ago. There was no New Testament. We either believe it. Oh, we don't. I have. To, I honestly think most Christians. I probably sound like Andrew Womack now, but I'm not copying off him. Again, he was used as a tool. He pointed me to some scriptures I've never thought of. Then I begin to study those things I go into. He don't go into. So I thank the Father for His gift, but I don't rest all my teachings on Andrew Womack or anybody. Anyway, I said enough. Pastor Chris, any uh, final words, and then we're going to go to to the next clip, please. No, I'm going to pass. I appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. Let's go to a clip. This will be clip number four. And those of you that's calling, that's listening to me, listen to to the panel, listen to the show tonight, you clicked on the link. You didn't call a number. You clicked on the link. You must call the number now because it's going to disconnect in about three minutes again. 914-205-1111. 914-205-5590. Here we go. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Grace is done for you, independent of you, before you ever had done anything good or bad, but you have to access it. I've already got my healing. I don't have to pray healing down. I've already got, you know, my peace. I don't have to pray for peace. I have everything I need. I was never taught that before. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This week, I've started a brand new series entitled, You've Already Got It. This is an old teaching of mine from probably 20 years ago is when I first taught on this. As a matter of fact, if you get the teaching that we've got, 
you know, we take uh, the DVDs from our television program, and so those will be these pro these programs that you're watching. But my CDs are taken from a meeting that are nearly 20 years old, and I've listened to some of this teaching in preparation of this series, and it's really good. But you know, I've got new illustrations. So really, if you get the DVDs and the CDs, you'll be getting this teaching from uh, a perspective of like 20 years difference between the teachings. The truth is still the same, but it'll have some new uh, testimonies and things in there. And so together they make a better uh, presentation, I think, than either one of them would by themselves. But anyway, this is a powerful truth that I have been sharing with people for a long time, and we've seen a lot of people's lives change. And at the end of yesterday's program, I was talking about how hard it is for people to get this because this is a paradigm shift. Matter of fact, I had a man walk up one time and he said, this isn't a paradigm shift, this is a paraquarter shift. In other words, just talking about this is huge. It is completely opposite the way that most people relate to God. Most people believe that God can do things, but that He has done nothing and that we've got to petition Him. And depending on how desperate we are, how, how serious we are, how, all of these things, God might or might not respond to us. But what I'm teaching is that God's already done it. You've already got it. Everything that you are asking God for, God has already accomplished and if you are born again, He has already placed the power to produce the miracle that you need on the inside of you. So you don't need to ask God for it. What you've got to do is believe what He has already done. That's huge. That is a major difference. And I was sharing at the end of yesterday's program that I've gone to, in a sense, tricking people to try and get my point across. Just... You know, out of I've, I've tried everything I can, and I'm just trying to get people to recognize that the way we're approaching God isn't the way that the Scripture teaches. So there was this one instance where the people have been singing this song, I'm desperate for you, and I talked about that, gave the definitions of desperate yesterday, hopeless, without any hope, despair, forlorn, and on and on. And this is the way that most people approach God about, oh God, here's what I've got and it's nothing. I have people come up to me all of the time and they say, in a, they may you know, phrase it differently, but this is the point that they're getting across, is that I have nothing, I can do nothing, I'm nothing. Would you please pray that God would do something in my life and help me over this situation? Well, that's approaching God in total unbelief because the Bible says, that we have everything in Christ Jesus, that He's already abounded towards us with all of these things. And yet you're coming saying, no, I don't have anything. Because you can't see it, because the doctor can't find it in their test or the banker can't see it. But see, there's a spiritual part of you. And this is the reason I'm teaching this right after what I've taught on spirit, soul, and body. If you understand that teaching, which is what unlocked my whole understanding of the Word, then you can understand that there are things in the spiritual realm, not only out there, but in here, inside of you, that you have the power of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. You've already got healing. You've already got prosperity. You've already got love, joy, and peace. Galatians 5, and 23, all the fruit of the Spirit. You've already got everything. You don't need God to give you something. What you need is a revelation of what you've already got. 
You've already got it. That's what this teaching is about. It's got a picture of a dog chasing his tail. So anyway, this church that I was in, they'd just been singing, I'm desperate for you. And he was like, oh God, I have nothing. I can do nothing, but we know that you can do all things. And they were just praying and crying. And, and anyway, I'm not sure that this is the way I should have done it. I'm just telling you what I did. I got up and I said, how many of you are desperate for God? I mean, you're hopeless. And man, people were just shouting and screaming, even the pastor of the church, yes. How many of you are just, you know, you're without hope and yes. And they were talking about, I'm so hungry for God. And then I said, let's turn it over to John chapter 6. And I read some of these verses for time's sake. I'm not going to read all of them, but the people said, show us something. Do a miracle to prove who you are. They said, Moses gave us manna. Can you give us manna? And Jesus said, I am the manna. I am the bread sent down from heaven. And they were saying in John 6, 34, they said, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And then Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And I had just asked these people, how many of you are hungry? How many of you are thirsty? And they were all, yay. The preacher was screaming right along with the rest of them. And I said, how do you fit with this verse? where if you come to the Lord, you'll never hunger and you'll never thirst. And boy, I mean, it got as quiet you could have heard a pin drop in that place. People were shocked. And I said, how does this fit? Also, look over here in John chapter 4 where Jesus talked to the woman at the well. And in verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Describing an artesian well where you don't have to pump it and draw it out. It just bubbles up. It overflows. This is what Jesus was saying, that if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. Over in chapter 6, if you eat of him, the manna, you will never hunger again and you will never thirst again. And yet Christians are just constantly talking about how hungry and how thirsty they are, how desperate they are. Oh, God, I need you. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I use the word that we need to hunger for God in the sense that it's saying we need to have an appetite. We need to desire the things of God. Yes, I believe in that. But to talk about that you're just famished that you're hungry. I look at it like if you were sitting at a table where there was an absolute feast provided for you and all you did was talking about, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. I wished I had something to eat. You know, I would just sit there and say, well, look, look what you've got. If you're hungry, eat. Don't talk about your hunger. Just eat. Satisfy your hunger. And see, this is what I see Christians doing. They will glorify that, oh God, I'm hungry for you. Oh God, I'm thirsty for you. But they don't eat and they don't drink. Jesus said that if you came to him, you should never be hungry. You should never be thirsty again. Now, you should hunger for things of God in the sense that you desire them and that you long for them, but you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be famished because God has set a feast. And one of the things I'm going to teach as we go through this is that God has already done everything. The love, the joy, the peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance that Galatians 5, and 23 says you already have. It's already in here. 
And so if you don't feel the love of God, you don't say, oh God, pour your love out in my life. See, that's unbelief. You are doubting what the Word says about God's love already being commended unto you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You are, because you don't feel it, because you don't see it, because there isn't anything tangible, you are just carnal. You're operating in the physical realm, and you're saying, oh God, do something, because you can't see it. You don't believe He's done anything. God is a spirit. John 4, 24 says, He has moved in the spirit realm, and in the spirit realm, the love of God has been poured out in your heart. Your born-again spirit is absolutely chock-full of the love of God. You don't need God to love you. What you need to do is to draw out the love that is in there. And how do you do that? By first of all, acknowledging that it's there. Quit asking God, oh God, pour your love out in my life. I have people come to me all the time and say, would you just please pray that God would, would show me His love, that He would pour His love out in my life. And I say, no. Because see, that, that prayer is implying that until you feel something, God hasn't done anything. That's wrong thinking. God has already commended His love towards you. You have His love in you in abundance. And so instead of saying, oh God, you haven't done anything, let me do something so I can feel it. No, God has done His part. What you should do is say, Father, I know Your Word says that You've already poured Your love out in my life. You've already commended Your love towards me. I've got the fruit of the Spirit. Love is here all of the time. But I'm not feeling Your love. And it's because you're tuned to the wrong station. You aren't focused on God. And so it would be appropriate for you to say, Father, I know the love is here, but I am not receiving it. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Help me to yield to your love. Help me to draw out to experience. Help me to walk in the love of God. That's okay. That's a good
personal life, triumphs and defeats. Yes, I share defeats on this show, something I don't normally do. Uh, goes over um, signs, wonders, miracles when I was obedient. Yes, signs, wonders, and miracles. Everything wasn't a miracle. Some things were signs. Some things wasn't a sign. It was a wonder. Uh, big, small, I go over different things in my life that have happened over the years, as well as the pain, the pain and setbacks from living as a carnal believer and as a disobedient believer. I share many events, good and evil. Uh, you can't miss the show on Monday. And we're going to probably do a part two. We may do about four parts because I have a lot to my life. That's all there is to it, folks. Um, but I'm more open on that show than I am on any shows. And if you spend any time in my life, I probably would mention you uh, in some way. But I don't mention names to protect everybody. All right? So just remember that next Monday, next Monday, the next three, uh, two or three Mondays. All right. Uh, Moderator, Brother John Clark, your line is open. Brother Dan, uh, your line is open. And uh, Brother Alcy Chris, your line is open. I want to come to Pastor Chris Chris because I want to make sure his line is even open. Pastor Chris, are you there? Because I have seen some issues with, the, with your phone number. Are you there, Pastor Chris? Pastor Chris. Okay, if you can hear me, Pastor Chris, press 1. I think he dropped, though. Uh, Brother John, what do you think of what you've heard so far? Uh, well, let's go, Brother Dan, then, Brother John, you can close out. Brother Dan, uh, what did you think of so far? Um, um, basically, uh, And try your best to um, comment on what he was saying, and more than, you know, let's try to comment on what Andrew was saying. Do you disagree, agree? Because we kind of been getting hidden around like, you know, if we could. Well, um, the way we look at God, that God loves us. If we if we see that God loves us, to understand God loves us, then God have great things for each and every one of us. If we realize how much that God really loves us. Also, I like to say that since this is the last time I'll be talking is uh, for those who are interested in gospel tracks. Go to gospeltrackswild.com, www.gospeltrackswow.com for your witnessing and evangelizing needs. Thank you. All right, that was Dan Wallace. Brother John, go ahead with your uh, final comments of what you've heard. If, if possible, can you stick with what Andrew's teaching? Do you agree or not or anything you want to say specifically as teachings and, and then your final words? Yeah, I, I agree primarily. Um, I like the fact that, in essence, he is addressing um, religion from a standpoint of we, especially persons who have come up in the church, there's certain things that we do that just simply makes no they make no sense. Um, it, it's almost as if people haven't even been reading the Bible um, at times, and so he's addressing those things head on. Um, and I think that if a person is able to uh, just kind of uh, begin to latch on by faith to what he's explaining, that they could live a quite a uh, quite a prosperous life in all aspects of their life. So, yeah, I, I like uh, pretty much everything that he was stating. 
Okay. Well, I appreciate you, brothers. I know you got to go, so I'm not going to hold you any further. I'll make some final comments here. If y'all want to hang on, it's great. But I really appreciate uh, Pastor Chris's line dropped again. And uh, Brother Dan, I appreciate you hang- hanging out with us tonight. And, and John, again, I know you weren't feeling well. Thank you for sacrificing and staying on the line this long. Okay, appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. My pleasure. I'm going to go ahead and jump off. Uh, you all, everyone have a good rest of your evening. See you next week. All right. All right. Appreciate that. Again, that was Brother Dan Wallace, always from Fort Worth, and brother, Don, uh, brother John, also in the state of Texas as well. Listen, folks, this brother, like I said, changed my life. It's all there is to it. I would not be where I am spiritually without that gift. I'm sure the Father could have used somebody else, and they, maybe they would have been black and some of y'all would have been okay with them. <laughs> but, folks, if we're going around waiting, looking for stuff only black folks can talk about, you're going to miss the Father. It's all there is to it. Knowledge does not care. Knowledge does not care. Whose head to jump in? Knowledge don't say, I'm not going to jump in your head. You're the wrong color. If you run around here talking about these Gentiles, these Esau can't teach me nothing, I don't know what to say. Do me a favor. Unfriend me on Facebook. Probably should quit listening to this show because that's what we're going to be talking about all the time. Truth. Whoever it comes from. Most of the time it may be from people that's dark skin. Because this is my world, that's where I'm at. But I'm not trying to just hang around people. Uh, at least I don't think I am. I seek truth. When I run across truth, if it's truth, I'll say that person is right. But I ain't going to be sitting up being a white supremacist, uh, trying not to be anyway. And when I see it, I'm going to call it out in black folks as well as in white folks. So Andrew Womack, the things he has shared tonight is profound. It's just profound. It makes sense. All those scriptures you read make sense if you look at it from the standpoint of we already got it. We already inherited. And now, again, that's how we are saved. That's how we are saved. That's how we we claim heaven. We claim the New Jerusalem. We claim when we die, we're going to get some. That's my faith. Why we just only claim a few things, though? Why? We live our whole life from we're born again. We even see the other people in the church. They're our brothers and sisters. How are your brothers and sisters? Y'all ain't related DNA-wise. You accept it. You take it by faith. Well, if you take your new identity by faith and to the degree you can call somebody your brother and sister like y'all related, and you say stuff like, we're one, we're one body, how is it you take a little bit over here, a little bit over there, but when you when it comes to other things, you don't take? Yes, I agree with him. Ye, as he said in this in this in this, this title of his this this program, the title of his program he was doing. You already have it. I agree with him. You already have it. We already have it. We have given. We have been given. We have been given. I keep quoting the scripture. But the scripture says, you have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. What in the world does that mean? Next week, we're probably going to do a part two. I'm not going to run away from this. And if I turn people off, fine, just, 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 you turned off. But folks, I mean, really, what is this salvation thing all about? Are we just on this earth to just serve certain people, certain people rule over certain people, and then we die, and that's it? I don't believe that. 
I don't believe. I think it's all in our minds. It's a game people playing with our heads. With the world, the condition of the world is the condition of the heads of the people in lack of knowledge and ignorance and deception. And then we have this world based out of that. But what the Father has declared, what the Father is declaring, will create a whole nother world and realm of existence, which we're, some of us are seeing more and more as we get a hold of this. And it, it goes from our head, or we can quote it, to our spirits when we're acting it out. Pray for your brother, Brother Seth, that I just won't believe this, that I will begin to act it out. In some ways, I have. I've seen some miracles, but not enough in my life, I don't think. I need to be like Brother Andrew Womack was saying, need to be that mobile office where the Father can just use me always. We're supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We're supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Father. That's what the Scripture says in Romans 12 and 1. So, folks, listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode tonight. I'm wrapping the show up now. Thank you for your patience. I know many of you wanted to hang up by 10. Uh, but, folks, everything can be put in a bubble, bottle. Uh, it just can't be. Sometimes you have to just dig a little bit. I'm tired of all this little microwave, this microwave, that. Sometimes you need to spend time because if you don't know these things and you've been in church 30, 40 years, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. So, no, I don't mind going over a little bit because some of us need it. It's just that simple. Love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Wow, wow, wow. Just listen to that. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, it's all about the Father. It's not about us. He boasts in his love. Speaking of boasting, I'm going to go out with a, a little bit of a rap song uh, called Boasting. It's really not about us, folks. It's about what he has done in us. This song, of course, is not quite talking about that, but anyway, it's a nice song to go out. I like the topic, and I like the title, anyway, Boasting. Tune in next week. We're probably going to do a part two, but I don't know yet. We may cover the Middle East. I don't know, but I just feel like this is so needed. So many of us is just trusting in our flesh and, 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 and this whole revelation the Father is doing and He is doing with resurrecting Israel, but we can't get carnal and start worshiping black skin and black people versus these more weightier matters. Good night. Again, I love every single one of y'all. And ain't nothing you can do about it. If this life has anything to gain at all, I'll count a loss if I can hear you, feel you, cause I need you. Can't walk this earth alone. I recognize I'm not my own. So before I fall, I need to hear you, feel you, as I live to make my boast in you alone. With every breath I take, with every heartbeat, Sunrise or the moonlight in a dark street Every glance, every dance, every note of a song It's all a gift undeserved that I shouldn't have known Every day that I lie, every moment I covet I'm deserving to die, I'm just earning your judgment Ah, without the cross there's only condemnation If Jesus wasn't executed there's no celebration So in times that are good, in times that are bad 
for any times that I've had it all, I will be glad, and I will boast in the cross, I'll boast in my pain, I will boast in the sunshine, boast in his rain, what's my life if it's not praising you, another dollar in my bank account, a vain pursuit, I do, not count my life as any value or precious at all, let me finish my race, let me answer my call. But it is, we swear Think we holding our own Just a fistful of air God has never been obligated To give us life If we fought for our rights We'd be in hell tonight Mere sinners owe nothing But a fierce hand We never loved him We pushed away his fierce hands I rejected his love Grace, kindness, and mercy Dying of thirst Yet willing to die thirsty Eternally worthy How could I live for less? Patiently, you turn my heart away from selfishness. I volunteer for your sanctifying surgery. I know the Spirit's purging me of everything that's hurting me. Remove the veil from my darkened eyes. So now every morning I open your word and see the sunrise. I hope in nothing, boasting nothing, only in your suffering. I live to show you glory, dying to tell your story. It's my 